Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Robert, for leading us this morning. I was really blessed um, to join in worship. And thank you to Neil. Thank you to the leadership of the church for, first of all, taking me in about six months ago and making this a home for me, making me feel really welcome. And this morning, to have the opportunity to share it with you, I am really, really blessed. And I hope that you will be blessed too by what I feel God has put on my heart for this morning. So I've, I've really enjoyed the series Into the Deep. Have you enjoyed the series so far? been really challenged by it and I believe that God wants his people at this time to be a people who want to venture into the deep. He wants us to go deep into relationship with one another. He wants us to go deep into worship and deep into prayer, just like we've heard shared. He wants us to go deep into his love, deeper into his mercy, deeper into his grace. And I want to tell a little story about going into the deep. About 13 years ago, there was a team from Coleraine Christian, Coleraine University, a Christian Union there, and we had the opportunity, the privilege of going to Kenya. We went there for two weeks on a mission team, and we had the opportunity to put windows into a church. Now, we had no idea how to do that, but we learned how to put putty on the windows and renovate the church a little bit, and we got to do some outreach and street reach at nighttime, which was just amazing. There's one thing that really stands out to me from that trip, and it's this. The last day that we were in Kenya, we had the opportunity of going on safari. How many people have been on safari in Africa? It's pretty special. So we thought it would be a nice gesture to bring with us our interpreter, who'd been interpreting the whole time for us, and pay for him to come. So before we were to go out on safari in this jeep and see lions and wildebeests and all sorts of things, Pumbaa showed up at one stage and to moan for those lion king lovers, um, we thought it would be funny to lift our African guide who was lying sunbathing beside a pool and throw him into the deep. So we kind of snuck up and grabbed him. He began to squiggle and squirm as you do when you're about to be thrown into water that you maybe don't want. And he was still fully clothed and all of that. So anyway, we threw him in, kind of laughing, and realized that uh, he, he, he wasn't swimming. He just began to sink. And we kind of thought he was messing about until he hit the bottom and he was still not swimming or coming up to the surface. Now, not to make light of it, what I choose to remember about that day is this, that we rescued an African guy from nearly drowning. That's what I choose to remember, not that we put him there. And when we're thinking about into the deep this morning, I want to assure you that as much as life can be overwhelming at times, and it is, God is not one who just throws you into the deep and says, sink or swim. He is a God who leads us. He is a God who is hands on with us. He is a God who cares about us. He is a God who wants to bring us deeper into him and into the things of God. And that's very much where we want to go this morning. So if you have a Bible with you, please turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 18. We're going to read from verses 1 through 6. Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 through 6. You can look it up in your Bibles or your phones or whatever you have along with you. If you're there, shout amen. All right, let's do it. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went to the potter's house, and there he was, making something 
at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter or flawed or blemished in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make. Then the word of God came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter says the Lord? Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so you are in my hand. O house of Israel. Maybe you want to put your name in the end of that. As the clay is in the potter's hand, so you are in my hand, Braden, Stuart, Ian, whatever your name is this morning. I wonder, could we just pray? Father, we thank you for the attitude of praise and worship and the sense of your presence, which is already evident here, already speaking already moving. We thank you for the nations gathered that one day the nations of the world will be gathered before the throne of grace and eternity. Every nation, every tribe, every tongue. We thank you that we get a little bit of an experience of that this morning. And Father, as we gather your people, your servants, we pray this morning that we would be shut in with you, that we would hear what you want to say, that you would speak that you would speak into situations, hearts, and lives, even maybe if I don't say it, God, that you would speak it, Lord. We desperately need you. We need your voice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Don't you just love how God uses pictures in the Bible so that we get stuff, so that we understand things. God was giving Jeremiah and us a real life picture of a potter working at the clay. And and I wanted to give us a little bit of a taste of what that looked like this morning. Don't worry, I'm not going to pull out a pot and clay and try and make one, but I am going to show you a video. Now, just a disclaimer um, and a big thank you to Andy and Kirsty for sorting this out for us this morning. The music playing in the background, I'm pretty sure Jeremiah didn't have in his day, but hopefully it will soothe you. Um, The video will give you an idea of what it is for a potter to make clay. Anyway, thanks, Kirsty.
We're all expert potters, makers, clay makers. I'm not even sure the proper terminology of that. But that gives you an idea of what Jeremiah seen when he went to the potter's house. This is what he visually seen in front of him. And as we venture in this morning to this passage and, and think about the images that we have just seen, there are three things that I want to share concerning going into the deep with God, but also God doing a deep work in us as well in the process of that. The first thing I want us to think about this morning around this passage is positioning yourself before God is important. Positioning yourself before God is important. Jeremiah was told to position himself to go down to the potter's house. The word of the Lord called to him and told him to arise, to go down to the potter's house. And we actually hear a lot about positioning in life, whether we realize it or not. If you're a sports fan here, you'll hear the commentators talk about playing in this position and he was in a good position there or he was out of position there or she was in a great position to score a try or kick a conversion or whatever it might be. We talk about positions in conversation. Maybe there's a heated or a heavy conversation and we would think, well, that person isn't in a position to speak into that. That person is in a position to say something about that. Or maybe we speak generally in terms of position that I am in a position to buy a house. I am in a position to give generously. I'm in a position to go on holidays or whatever. In your walks with God, positioning yourself correctly is important. I don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying we need to change ourselves to go deep with God. We've seen that the potter does the shaping. He does the, the, the molding. He does the changing in us. However, it is important that we get ourselves into the right place and the right space in our minds and in our hearts to hear what God is saying, that we remove any potential blockages that there might be in us, whether that is unrepentant sin, whether that is unforgiveness, whether that might be bitterness, whether it might be a wound that needs healed and dealt with, whatever it might be, that we would bring it before God or whatever the Holy Spirit might be highlighting in your heart and in your life in this moment. Or maybe you're here and you're not a Christian at all and God's word for you today is to reposition yourself to be in relationship with him. There's no greater thing that you could do today. It's important that our hearts and our minds are in a right place and in a right space to hear God, to know his voice because he is always leading. He's always leading. And just like a, a sail on a ship needs to be set up in the, in the right position to catch the wind, to bring that ship where it needs to go, God needs us to be in a position and he will lead us to that position to catch what he's saying, to lead us in the direction that he wants us to go. Now, I know that your life is busy and it can be hectic. And I've been so challenged by what Neil has been encouraging us to do, the, the practices of solitude and of prayer and of worship and setting aside time a week to get with God. We've been encouraged to correctly position ourselves before God, just as Jeremiah was told to in this passage. And you'll see with Jeremiah that he didn't question God in the passage. He voluntarily went where God asked him to go. And I got to think a little bit about this, voluntarily going where God wants you to go. And I, I feel I'm preaching to the choir here because there are so many different nations represented and you've done just exactly that. You've went where God has called you to go already. And following Jesus, is, as, as many of you will know, is not a one-time decision. 
like you're doing a multiple choice exam, you tick the box and you move on and you never have to surrender to God anymore. Yes, there's an initial surrender at salvation, but there is an ongoing surrender as we walk with God. Do you know how many people know God might ask you to do some crazy things in life? He may ask you to give up some stuff that you really don't want to. He may ask you to go somewhere that's not practical or maybe isn't on your to-do list. He might ask you to go and say something to someone that you really don't want to say, but you know God's leading you to say it. Surrender can be scary at times, but it's also beautifully freeing as we walk with God. And he leads us and we surrender just like the clay is responsive to the potter's touch. It molds and it shapes as he leads it and he guides it. Voluntary submission is something that God looks for in us as we continually walk with him. What does this word say? I will teach you and I will guide you in the way you should go. I will guide you with mine eye. God is always leading and he, he, he looks for a people who will respond to him like the clay responds to the potter's hand. And in our lives, you will know we are introduced to new circumstances all of the time, new situations all of the time. Our lives will often take different turns, unexpected turns, a lot of the time unpredictable turns. And, and some of those turns and some of those times will be hurtful. Some of those places that we're led in life or that we go through, some of the things are painful. But in all times, we have a father who is guiding. We have a father who is leading. We have a father who knows the way ahead, who knows the plan ahead. At some times, he'll take us by the hand and he'll lead us. At other times, he'll need to carry us. Some other times, he'll tell us to jump. And maybe some even times, he'll push you out of the boat to do what he wants you to do. But let me encourage you, whatever place you find yourself in today, Position yourself in your heart to trust God. No matter what it looks like, to trust God. To keep your eyes upon him. For this life will pass. It was, it was C.T. Studd said, one life, only what's done for Christ will last. The, the life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Jesus will last. Your situation may say this or cause you to want to do this, but what does God's word say into your heart? What does God's word say into your situation? Submit to his word first and foremost in your life above what your mind might be saying, above what the situation is calling you to do, maybe in a negative sense. Let his word and his spirit guide you and leave the rest up to him. Keep your heart right before God. Position yourself, allow him to lead you. And I will say this, that God's plan for your life is first best. Any other plan that you or I could conjure up or come up with or try to manufacture will only ever be second best to what God's plan is for your life. So position yourself correctly like Jeremiah did. Get down into a place where you can hear God and say, God, what is your word for my life? What is it that you're saying to me in this moment? What is it that you want me to do? I want to be one who voluntarily surrenders and submits. Position yourself. Secondly, from the passage this morning, I'm encouraged, and I hope you are too, God's hands are towards you. God's hands are outstretched towards you. 
You don't need to read very much through the Bible that you will see that God is one who loves and invites us to come into his presence. He stretched out his arms on the cross, inviting us into relationship with him as he sacrificed himself for us. What an incredible truth that God invites you and me into his presence and we've already been there this morning. We don't take that for granted. The king of glory, the God of this world, the God of heaven invites you to come into his presence, to sit, to dine with him and to hear from him and, and, and he can do things in us that, that nobody else can do. He can reach places in us that nobody else can touch. He can bring peace and he can bring power and he can bring deliverance to places that we didn't even think possible as we get into his presence and his hands right stretched towards you this morning. Jeremiah 18 said, look as the clay is in the potter's hand so you are in my hand God's approach to your life is very much hands-on. He is not a God who is distant. Even at times when it seems like he might be, even at times when it seems like, where are you, God? He is not distant. His hands are on your life. He is constant. Our lives are always changing. Our circumstances are always changing, but he never changes, praise his name. His hands, like the potter's hands, are continually on your life. And as we've seen in the video, as the potter shapes the clay, he not only works in the inside, did you notice that he went right down deep into the pot? And he did work inside the pot as well, and that it actually transformed the outside. God does that in us too. He works deep in us through all that we go through, through all that we encounter, through all that we experience. He, he, he reaches deep places to bring help, hope, and healing the motto of drop-in ministries. He does that in us as he does that and wants to do that through us. You also see in the video, the potter wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty, was he? You seen the muck of his hands? Covered in clay, applying water, not afraid to get his hands dirty. He's already proved with us that he's not afraid to get his hands dirty when Jesus, the King of glory, came from the splendor of heaven down to this dark, fallen place that we call earth and gave himself that you and I might be with him forever. He's not afraid to get his hands dirty. And if we're honest, we probably know that because he's been involved with each one of us. And there are places in our lives that he needs to reach and he would need to get his hands dirty in order to bring healing to us or to bring help to us or to bring what we need in our lives. To me, this hands-on approach, this up-close approach that God has with you and I speaks of intimacy. And that is key to going deep with God, an intimate relationship with Jesus. Now, we can get a bit funny about this word intimacy. It's reserved for maybe a relationship or something like that. But the intimacy that we speak about and the Bible speaks about is one of pure love. It comes from a place of, of pure love and righteousness from the Father. We have a God who desires to be intimate with us, to have a hand in our lives and on our affairs, to shape us into something beautiful and to make the unbeautiful parts of us whole and well and right one who desires to encourage us, to correct us at times, to always shape us and nourish us to be what he wants us to be. When I think of intimacy, I think of a passage from Luke chapter 10. You don't need to turn there. I'll explain it really quick. But there are two people in the story. There's Martha and there's Mary. Martha is found 
being really busy and distracted in the story where Mary is found sitting at the feet of Jesus. Jesus had been traveling in to the village of Bethany and Martha welcomed him into her home. As soon as Jesus got into her home, she began, whoa, right, wash the feet, get the tea and coffee made, hang up the coat, what are we making for dinner? Getting them served, working, working, working. And she got distracted by all that she had to do for Jesus. And in her distraction, she got frustrated. Now, I'm not having to go up, Martha, because I've done this as well. I'm working away here, and what are you doing? You're just sitting there doing nothing. Many people have ever had that experience, maybe in the house or maybe even in church. Hmm? In church? You've been working away, and you've been, you say, what are you doing sitting there? Come and help me. Well, Martha was like this. She was maybe trying to get Mary's attention. <coughs> Mary. <coughs> Mary. Mary was just sitting at the feet of Jesus. And then Martha got so distracted, she got frustrated if you read the story, she ended up asking Jesus for completely the wrong thing. And I'll, I'll explain that why she asked Jesus for the wrong thing. She blurted out, Lord, do you not care? Do you not care that, that I'm working away here? My sister has left me alone to serve. Tell her to come and help me. What does Jesus say? Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Jesus' visit, which should have been a blessing for Martha, turned out to be something that was not a blessing, but a challenge to her. God had invited both of them to intimacy, and Mary had caught in that moment that Jesus wanted to teach. He wanted to say something. He wanted to shape her life and she simply forgot about everything else and sat at the feet of Jesus and heard what he had to say. Now I'm not saying we don't work. Don't hear, don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying we don't get stuff done. Of course we need to serve. Of course we need to get stuff done. But we also need to be in a position to hear God, to be intimate with God, to know and to discern those times when, yeah, Lord, I need to be close. I need to not be distracted by all this stuff at this moment. I need to get a bit of space because the invitation that you're giving me is one which I don't want to miss. Mary discerned what was better in that moment. She's known in the gospels for sitting at the feet of Jesus. Jesus had prayed a beautiful phrase in John 17. I have given them the words that you gave me, Father. And Mary must have got that. She sat at Jesus' feet to hear the words that he wanted to speak over her life. Not only was she experiencing the words of God, she was experiencing intimate fellowship. As we think about the potter and cleanse, we think about going into deep. God's hands are stretched towards you to invite you into a deeper, more passionate, incredible relationship with him. You know, the first thing that you and I are responsible for isn't evangelizing to thousands, isn't making disciples, isn't raising kids, isn't all the stuff that we need to do. It's our relationship with Jesus. And if that's good, everything else flows from that place. We get strength from that place to do everything else that we need to do. Our relationship with him is the main point, our heart relationship with him. And how close we come to his heart generally usually is up to you and me. And I'm not speaking down from a place of I've got this sorted out because I'm still working through this too. 
He is more anxious for you and I to know him, for you and I to sit at his feet than we are at times. He desires to be intimate with his people. Jesus, I was just reading about him yesterday, how he used to get up early when it was still dark to go and be with his father. Jesus, the son of God. Jesus, who transformed our world. Jesus, who did so many incredible acts and mighty acts in his lifetime, wanted to spend time intimately with his father. God's hands are outstretched towards us this morning. Aren't you glad about that? Thirdly and finally, God's hand is on you. I know this might sound similar to the previous point, but come with me. Not only are his strands stretched towards you, God's hand is on your life. wonder could you say that out loud. God's hand is on my life. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? Jeremiah was told to go to the potter's house. He observed something was being made at the wheel and it became flawed. And he observed that it became flawed. And so I'm getting wrapped up. This thing is wanting to trip me up. <laughs> he observed the pot being flawed and marred in the potter's hand. And so the potter made it again, the Bible says, into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make this is a vivid picture of God restoring lives, restoring brokenness, restoring parts of us when we fly off the handle or, or things happen in our lives. This is a vivid picture of, of God, the, the master, the great potter working in our lives. The potter could have easily thrown the clay away and started afresh, but he was committed to the clay before him. Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so you are in my hand. And I genuinely feel that there are those here today, and you need reminded of that. You need reminded of that, that you are in the hands of God. That God's hands are securely on your life. And allow that truth to bring you comfort this morning. He has the final say over your life and your circumstances. We say that with confidence this morning because the word of God says that he perfects that which concerns us. The word of God says you can be confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's your life the Bible's talking about. Now think with me for a moment. I need you to use your imagination. And, and Neil talked about imagination a number of weeks ago. So I'll need you to use your imagination with me for a second. What if the clay on the potter's wheel could talk? What would it say? Pretty sure it wouldn't sing with Kylie Minogue about spinning around. Do you know that song? I can't even remember it now. I'm spinning around. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be singing that. I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be saying that either. If the clay could talk, what do you think it would say? It'd probably go, whoa, whoa. you'd hear that anyway. But I, I think it might sound something like, what's happening? What are you doing? Don't touch that bit. I like that bit. That's sore. How long is this going to last? That's painful. You get the picture. If the clay could talk. The reality is that you and I are the clay and we do talk and we do talk like that to God and we should because God can take it and God can hear it. Yet, catch this. 
as we watched the potter and the clay, whilst the clay didn't know what was happening, the potter who is working with the clay had a plan in mind. He seen what the pot would be. He worked that pot to the place that it needed to be and he made it beautiful in its own place. Listen, church, at all times, no matter how it looks, the Father has a plan for your life, and it is good. He's a plan for all of the stuff that you're going through. He has a plan for all of the stuff that you don't have answers to your questions about. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's making you into. He knows where he's taking you. He knows that the future he has prepared for you so you can relax even in the midst of a storm this morning knowing that your father is in control and he's working and he's shaping and he knows the blemish bits that need reworked and he knows the places that need healing deep down. He knows everything about us, the bits that need chiseled and chipped off, the bits that need put back on. He knows it all. And you know what? It's often through the most difficult and dark times in our lives that he does his deepest work. Times where we've got the most questions, the times that we're really struggling to get up in the morning, times that we've got big, big issues either in our lives or we're watching in the lives of our family or our friends or whatever it might be. It's often in those times as we position ourselves, as we submit to him, as we make it a priority to get into his presence and to be intimate with him that he is working deep, deep in us, making this incredible I was going to say pot, but you are such wonderful people. You're much nicer than pots. God is interested in going deep into your life. He is very passionate and committed to and invested in healing our brokenness, in bringing wholeness to our person, in maturing us spiritually, in deepening our understanding, in strengthening our resolve, in building our character, in deepening hope read a quote this morning that without hope we die. He is a God of hope. And he's awesome at filling us with it when we look to him, expanding your capacity and your vision. He's interested in building deep people. And I'm going to move on real quick because I've got more to say, but we'll just skip out bits and pieces. Chapter before says how deep God wants to go in our lives as it gives an illustration of a tree, the tree with roots that go down deep. The illustration is this, that as the roots go down deeper, when the dry seasons come, the tree is able to survive. That's what he wants to do in you and me. When he's working in us, he's putting roots down that in dry seasons we'll come through We'll have faith that we won't be fickle, that we won't be a tree that falls over or our faith won't fail, but that there'll be a depth in us. And a lot of the times it's through trials that God builds that depth in us. The reality this morning is this, that God is shaping you. He is committed to your life. And as much as you are all wonderful people, you all look lovely. Some of you smell wonderful as well. None of us are perfect, are we? None of us are perfect. And yet God is committed to us as the potter is committed to the clay. All that to say this, nothing that you and I go through is wasted. 
new circumstances, there's no situation wasted. And we can feel at times like we're spinning like this clay. Everything's chaotic. Everything's out of control. When things are being reshaped and reworked and the potter's working deep in us, let me encourage you in those times, hold on to the word of God. Let that be what formulates in your mind. Hold on to what God's word says, not what the situation might say, not what other people say to you, not what your, your heart maybe in that moment is crying out and saying, what's going on? I, I don't, I'm, I'm doubting, is this really you, God? Is this happening? Hold on to God's word. It's in the difficult times that the enemy will try to sow the seed of doubt. We'll try to pull you away from your faith. We'll try to pull you away from God. We'll try to pull you away from intimacy and a God who welcomes you into his presence. But fix your mind on him. Philippians says, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure, lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and praiseworthy. Know that God is merciful. Know that he will not allow you to be destroyed, nor will he forsake you, but he's committed to the covenant he's made with you. Know that he is your hiding place, that he surrounds you with songs of deliverance this morning. Praise him. Even in the storm, despite whatever comes against us, we praise him. Just like we were led this morning to praise Adonai. Heard an awesome illustration this week of the grace tank. We know what it is to have a, a tank run out of fuel. An oil tank that needs refilled or a car that runs out of fuel or is at least getting there. A lawnmower that runs out of fuel, it's, it's inconvenient, isn't it? We have to go to the garage, we have to get it pumped up, and what's worse is we have to pay for it, especially the oil, it's quite expensive. Well, the tank of God's grace is never empty. In fact, it's overflowing, and it's supplied into our lives on a daily basis and accessed by faith in Jesus. It never runs out. We don't need to worry about it going low. And, and best of all, it's free. The grace that God supplies into our lives at all times as he shapes us, as he molds us, as he brings us into the deep, as he does a deep work in us. Coming to a close. Into the deep does mean positioning yourself correctly before God. We are responsible for that. But also, into the deepest, knowing there's an invitation of intimacy there, taking it and allowing him to work deep on us through all that we go through in life. And I really have on my heart this morning, and I'm going to close up real soon. I'm not going to embarrass anybody in any way at all, but I really would like to pray for those, particularly those who, and I know there are ones struggling here, and, and I'm not doing this because I know there are people here struggling, but I'm doing this because I feel on my heart that I would love to pray along with people who might be going through really difficult situations at the moment. And I've said to Neil and Ronnie just before this, um, this is actually the first time that I've shared God's word from October 2017. So it's been a bit of time. And um, I'll try not to get emotional because my mum's sitting in the front row, but I was in ministry, I was serving, and I had a, a period of burnout, came with a depression, and I was pushed into some really dark places that I never even thought possible to go to or to be in. It really was an awful time for me personally, but also for my family watching on. 
at that. And so I do speak from a place of God is faithful. And I'm still on the journey this morning with that. But I do proclaim this morning that God is faithful. No matter what situation you might find yourself in, no matter what is raging about your head, no matter the anxieties that you might be feeling in this moment or the fear of the future or just the circumstance that seems to not be ending and the wheel that seems to keep spinning, God is faithful. He is faithful. And he will be faithful to you. Guys, are going to come and we're going to sing a song in a moment and it's called The Potter's Hand. I'm sure you know that song. But it, it, for me, this is a song of surrender this morning, afresh to God, saying, God, take, mold me, shape me. And as the guys come to do that, I, I would just love to pray before that happens. So I'm going to ask if you would bow your heads with me just for a moment. If you would like to be included in this prayer, all I want you to do is just Simply look at me and I would love to pray for you, pray with you. Thank you for those that are doing that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are an awesome God. We thank you, God, that in every season that you are strong. We thank you, God, that you call us out into the deep that you keep your hands upon us and that you keep us in a place of intimacy. I thank you, God, that there is purpose in the struggle and purpose in the pain, that you are molding, that you are shaping, that you are working as the great potter. We thank you that you are in control of every life and every situation and every family in this place. We thank you that your love, Lord, it knows no limit. Father, I pray particularly for those this morning in a place of struggle, in a place of barrenness, in a place of excruciating pain, turmoil. Father, I pray that you would presence yourself in this moment very powerfully, specifically upon those lives right now, God. Pray that the warmth of your presence the warmth of your love will surround, envelop, and wrap each person that needs it so desperately this morning. I pray, God, that even if the situation doesn't change right today, that you would change every one of us in the process, that you would give hope, Lord, and that you would work like only you can work. We thank you, God. We celebrate, God, that you are faithful, God. You're faithful to your word. You're faithful to your promises. You're faithful to your people. So, God, we commit ourselves as your people, saved by your grace, into your hands. Pray you would have your way in Jesus' name.